I'm Marion Kolbesak-McGee, Managing Editor at Information Security Media Group. Today I'm speaking with Dr. Karen DiSalvo, who joined the Department of Health and Human Services as new National Coordinator for Health IT in January. Dr. DiSalvo will discuss changes that she envisions for ONC, including how the agency might tackle health IT privacy and security issues looking ahead. Hi, Dr. DiSalvo. Good morning. Thanks very much for joining us. Well, thank you for having me. Now that you've been at ONC for a few months, what do you see as the most pressing data privacy and security issues related to healthcare and healthcare IT? The nation has seen great advancement in the structured capture of health information at the point of care because of the dramatic increase in the adoption of electronic health records in the clinical environment by both providers like doctors and other health professionals at hospitals. And so this success brings with it this increasing appreciation that we have to be certain we are doing all we can to consider the privacy and security issues and desires of the consumers whose data is being captured. This is added to the, the complexity, added to in a, in a positive way, just simply because of the consumer engagement element that we are building in expectations that consumers have the opportunity to view and, and download and transmit their health information and that they also over time want to be able to share information that they collect about themselves into the electronic health record. So it is a quickly moving and dynamic marketplace that consumers have a, a right in because they own their own data and it is our job to work with them to see that the privacy and security expectations are met. You've said recently that you envision a less siloed approach for the HIT Policy Committee and its work groups. There are currently about a dozen work groups, including the Privacy and Security Tiger Team, which advises the HIT Policy Committee, which you chair. I understand you're proposing fewer work groups. What are those work groups, and where do you see privacy and security policy issues fitting in? So we have been working with the Policy Committee for the last two months on a strategic refocusing for that really important body that advises the ONC and HHS on the National HIT Strategic Agenda. This is a group that has done great work on a voluntary basis to ensure that this adoption phase and, and other work of the HITECH Act has been accelerating and moving forward. And, and as we all thought about the next five and ten years, the policy committee was ready to think about doing some restructuring and some leaning forward, as we say, to see that we can make certain we're ahead of where the field is going and provide advice and guidance to us at HHS. This realignment and restructuring of the work groups serves the function of doing just that. We have an expectation that the kinds of groups that we've formed will be able to look ahead as much as possible while also providing important advice for the decisions that we are at ONC and HHS making today. The groups that we are proposing to, to form are one, of course, around strategic planning and innovation, one that will look at actual HIT implementation, usability, and safety issues, one with a scope of responsibility around interoperability and health information exchange, 
another that will be looking at advanced health models and meaningful use as a program, but also generally meaningful use of HIT in the care and health environment. We'll continue to have a consumer work group and also a privacy and security group. The scope of all of these work groups was described in the policy committee as a straw man and certainly is not all-inclusive. I also want to share that as we were thinking through all of the work groups, it's really clear that it's a very matrix function. And I think privacy and security is a perfect example that it simply cannot make policy and technology decisions about usability, safety, interoperability, care models that might include behavioral health without considering privacy and security issues. So I, I lean a lot on our team inside of ONC and our partners outside to make certain that we're taking into consideration those issues as we are developing policy and technology going forward. How soon might we see those changes implemented? We know we had really good feedback from the policy committee and from others since, so we're ready to start moving. We're beginning to develop a written scope and a narrative that will make bring some clarity for everyone involved, talk with the participants in the work groups, and begin to think about some restructuring. So we are looking at next month in May to start the cadence of, of evolution. Some of the existing work groups have work plans underway, and we don't want to disrupt that work. We want to make certain that we can come to completion, and then when that happens, we'll be able to roll over. But the, the plan calls that by the end of summer, we have the new six work groups in place, and we're also doing something similar with the Standards Committee that will probably get happen in just about the same timeline. I was just going to ask you about the HIT Standards Committee. What sorts of changes do you see there, and do you also envision to keep a privacy and security work group that would advise and work with the other work groups that you envision? We're going to be talking about that at our next Standards Committee meeting next week. So we're in the final stages of considering all the options and the best way to form those groups so that there's plenty of opportunity for there to be the kind of thoughtful dialogue that can come out of the work that policy committee asks the standards committee to take a look at and other work that's generated in standards. I think what we're going to see is that there are clear linkages between the two work group sets, but because of the work of the technology, the standards committee that has some technology focused, it won't be exactly identical. Clearly, the standards committee has the same challenges and, and responsibilities and, I think, opportunities around privacy and security. So it will remain a critical piece of that work. And what we expect to do is, is whether it is through a separate entity or, or integrated across all of the work groups, it will remain an important foundational focus. So now, overall, how might the changes that you are envisioning for ONC help to sharpen its focus on privacy and security issues? We made an investment in the budget process last year to increase the size of the staffing in the privacy and security area. So if nothing else, I hope that's a clear signal that you consider this an important part of the work that we do. As I said, increasingly complex as we think through advanced care models and mobile health, e-health, telehealth, and just the broader issues of big data and, and how we make certain that people's health information is first and foremost there to improve their care wherever they are and to help them improve their own health. 
but as they desire, it also is available to help advance the health system and population health overall. We want to do that only with their consent and make certain that they understand the implications. The marketplace is moving so quickly in thinking about ways that we can take advantage of the digital health information that people are collecting on themselves or that are part of the health record to create a learning health system. We have to make certain that we're continuing to make the right infrastructure investments at ONC so that we can keep up. It is the team that we have in ONC is talented and smart and experienced, collaborative. We have wonderful partnerships with the Office of Civil Rights, for example, with the White House and the Big Data Initiative. So this is an all-hands-on effort, just in the same way we do in our other collaborative work, technology and policy work. So it is important. It will remain important, I believe, because of the demands of the marketplace and big data questions and consumer engagement desires. We will increasingly be thoughtful about it and paying attention. We'll say structurally, the way that we are making decisions in ONC, we're also building in processes that ensure that we consider every aspect of the decision, but certainly privacy and security is, is at the table and, and part of making those decisions with us. Now, you mentioned big data and you also mentioned consumer engagement. I understand that ONC is working on a conceptual framework that will promote discussions about big data, interoperability, and patient-generated health data. Why are those topics so important? And what sorts of security and privacy issues surrounding those topics do you think need to be tackled? Well, I'll start with big data, which the White House has an initiative that John Podesta is leading. There's been a series of conversations with the private sector about what are the challenges and opportunities, and we have been participating in those, and there will be a report coming out around some of the next steps that the federal government believes that we need to undertake to make sure that we are supporting the American taxpayer and people in this country, but also that we're, we're thinking through what our policy and regulatory levers that are, are going to keep data as private and secure. They've been rich conversations. Everyone seems clear that big data is being collected in all corners of, of our lives and that increasingly patients are generating their own data on their own health and they want to make certain that it's accessible to them in their decision-making about their own care, that it's there and available as they move across the care continuum. But consumers often say and say in surveys that if the information can be helpful to advance science, to improve quality and safety of care, as long as it protects their privacy and security in the way that they've defined and they're not discriminated against, they're open to ways that, that it might be part of, you know, anonymized data, for example. It's a really quickly moving and high energy space. And so you ask why it's a priority. It is for us, but it is certainly clear that it is for the community and for consumers and others who see this real opportunity to begin to improve the health of the population if we, we do the right thing with the data. Consumers also are taking advantage increasingly of technology that is available to them as wearable opportunities to input their own data, whether that's through texting or through websites. 
and that information in the cloud is useful to them, but increasingly they would like to see that their healthcare team or their other caregivers or their social networks for health have that information available to them also. And that is it's exciting, but it also comes with potential issues. And so, again, that's part of our responsibility is to think through what those are and make certain that we are considering ways that we can protect the privacy and security. I might add one other dimension, which is at HHS, we have been working, again, with the community, thinking a lot about areas that are not part of the traditional meaningful use program, like behavioral health, and thinking of, of people who are in the behavioral health system, whether that's for mental health or substance abuse, and seeing that they have an opportunity to share their health information as clients when they want to, or that it can be segmented appropriately. So we've been doing some work on areas like data segmentation. And these are nuanced policy and technical issues that the privacy security team is at the forefront of and helping us think of ways that the country can get its health care and health needs met, but do so in a space that is sufficiently private and secure. And again, those are really priority issues for the country because there is demand from the consumer and patient, but there's also a need to make sure that we're providing the most comprehensive and best care for folks. And so again, that's not just a technology issue or policy issue, straight out, it is, also has important privacy and security implications that we want to help solve. Now, during HIMSS, you said that nationwide health information exchange is achievable within three years, but that accurate patient record matching was a key safety and privacy issue that also needs to be tackled. Any other thoughts about that, and do you still think that nationwide health information exchange is attainable over the next three years? It is our goal. We would like to see that we are weaving together this pockets of data that are useful only in so much as they're available to the patient and the, and the caregiver, the provider, the hospital, the doctor, at the point of care. If, it's, if you need the information to save your life, it's not helpful if it's stored someplace and not visible at that, that clinical encounter. It's also important as we look as a country at this national priority of reducing the cost of care. And one of the top priority ways that we can do that is through reducing redundancy and waste in the system and having health information available for the right decisions for providers and for patients in the care environment can help reduce repeat tasks, for example. So there is a need to do it, whether it's to save lives or lower costs. And ultimately, it's going to help us improve health because it will give us a window into population and, and how we can direct the resources we have to, to do a much better job of overall health. So it remains a top priority. We're working on this internally as an opportunity to conceptualize our framework. We are convening our federal partners, and we'll be working next with the policy committee and standards committee, and then, of course, best we can with everyone in the private sector to get a national agenda around all of the IT, but with interoperability as a top priority. There's a report that was recently presented by Jason scientists that are funded, and that report actually points to some other opportunities and ways to advance the interoperability space. It uh, calls for an even more aggressive timeline, but uh, I think the reason I pointed out, and it speaks to the fact that from all corners we're hearing that there is people, stakeholders, doctors, patients, others who are ready for the information to be flowing more freely with them. 
And that is exciting, and it's our challenge, and we are moving ahead as quickly as we can to see that we can meet that challenge. So now finally, Dr. DeSalvo, what's surprised you the most so far since taking on the job as national coordinator? I would say I'm not sure it's a surprise, simply because of the prior work I've done in public health and in healthcare rebuilding in Louisiana. I had a pretty similar experience as I'm having here, which is when you do your environmental scan and ask people what it is that they want to see in a in the agenda, in this case for health IT, you find somatic redundancy quickly. It's very often the case that people have a shared set of priorities and a shared direction. The exact how we get there, what we do every day to see that that happens, sometimes varies, but I'm really thrilled at how much consensus there is about the direction that we should go and about the challenges that we should be addressing. And so I wouldn't say it's a surprise. It's a, it's a, a nice surprise, frankly, to know that, that we have so much energy pointing in the same direction. And um, I, I think that's going to be great for us as we, and I say us, I mean the country, as we set this agenda because it's going to mean that, that we don't have to think about what it is we want to do, what are our priorities. We can get to the business more quickly of how to actually get there and achieve what are some pretty aggressive goals. Thank you, Dr. DeSalvo. I've been speaking to Dr. Karen DeSalvo, National Coordinator for Health IT. I'm Marianne Kobasek-McGee of Information Security Media Group. Thanks for listening.